0: Prayer is the soul's sincere desire, our strength in times of need. It is our rescue from temptation's power, our source for heaven's guidance and direction. The unfolding restoration of the gospel began with a young boy's prayer. I am thankful for my knowledge that I can talk to my Heavenly Father and that He hears and answers my prayers. I remember having young children and thinking that prayer would come naturally for them, and I quickly learned it was not. Something that was natural for them. We need to be taught how to pray. They needed to be taught. How lucky I am to have been taught over the course of my life. Today, I want to share some of the things I've learned for making prayers effective, natural, and instinctive for each of us. I want you to think about someone you care about deeply and think about something really exciting happening for them. And you see them sharing this good news with people. The people that they share the news with join them in celebration. And you wait. But they never share the news with you. Think of this person having a hard time now. You desire so much to help them or comfort them. But again, you see them share with others, but they don't come to you. How you wish they'd come to you. How you wish they'd share with you or seek your help. You keep waiting as they share with person after person and just ache to hear from them and to help them. Maybe you can see where I'm going with this. Heavenly Father loves us more than anyone. He has a greater capacity to love us, and he wants so much to be a continued part of our lives and has so many blessings to give us and so much help to offer us. He watches and waits patiently as we share our lives with those around us, spreading good news or asking for help or advice in our struggles. And he waits, hoping we will also share with him that we will come to him but so often we forget him or think he wouldn't be interested or he wouldn't be able to help. On compellingtruth.org it says, quote, Sometimes people say that God is too big or too busy with more important things to be concerned with something as inconsequential as the details of our lives. But this sentiment is not biblical. God absolutely cares about the little things that happen in our lives. Perhaps the most convincing passage is Luke 12, 6-7. Says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. God remembers birds that people sell for next to nothing. They are of small consequence to humans, yet are remembered by God. Jesus tells us we are worth more than that. Of course, God cares. He cares enough to number the hairs on our heads. End quote. The article entitled, Does God Care?, highlights some times in Jesus' life where he demonstrated his care for the very details in our lives, such as when he healed the soldier's ear before he was taken to be crucified, or when he noted the people in the crowd of 4,000 and 5,000 were hungry and he fed them, or when he stopped on his way to heal the ruler's daughter to acknowledge the woman whose faith had made her whole by touching his robe. Looking at the Savior teaches us about who God is. The article concludes with the following, quote. The biblical description of God is one of mighty power and also astounding love. When we love someone, we care about the details of their lives. How much more does God, who is love, see 1 John 4, 8, care about the lives of his children, end quote. He cares about the things we care about because of how much he cares about us. He wants us to pour out our hearts to him. He wants us to wrestle with him when we have doubts or frustrations. He wants us to weary him with our righteous desires and he wants to hear in our words about the things that are going well and expressions of gratitude for what he is doing for us. Christ often took himself away to commune with God through prayer. A good friend of mine recently told me a lesson he taught in seminary on prayer, and he pointed out to his students that if we spend 10 minutes of our day in heartfelt prayer, we are spending 0.7% of our day talking to our Father in heaven. 30 minutes would be just 2% of our day. I shared this with my primary kids, with the primary kids in my ward, and they were quick to point out that we can always have a prayer in our heart. And this is true, but it was still a startling reminder to me that if I want to receive personal revelation and I want to build a positive relationship with God, I need to put in a little more time. I love what the Bible dictionary under prayer says. It says, quote, As soon as we learn the true relationship in which we stand toward God, namely, God is our father and we are his children, then at once prayer becomes natural and instinctive on our part. See Matthew 7, 7-11. through 11. Many of the so-called difficulties about prayer arise from forgetting this relationship, end quote. If prayer is hard for you, have you forgotten that God is our father? Have you forgotten that we are his child? We can recall that Moses talked with God face-to-face, as it says in Moses 1-2, as did Joseph Smith, which it says in Joseph Smith history. In the manual teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, it quotes him saying, quote, If the veil were rent today, and the great God who holds this world in its orbit, and who upholds all worlds and all things by his power, was to make himself visible, I say, if you were to see him today, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves in all the person, image, and very form as a man, For Adam was created in the very fashion, image, and likeness of God, and received instruction from, and walked, talked, and conversed with him, as one man talks and communes with another. Having a knowledge of God, we begin to know how to approach him, and how to ask so as to receive an answer. When we understand the character of God, and know how to come to him, he begins to unfold the heavens to us, and to tell us all about it. When we are ready to come to him, he is ready to come to us. End quote. That, again, is the Prophet Joseph Smith. There are a few images that help me as I approach prayer. One is the image of someone kneeling next to me as I pray. I'm talking to my Heavenly Father, and he is in the room right beside me. Another is the image of a teenage girl on her knees before her father who is sitting down on the edge of the bed before her. Her head is bent down in sorrow with her arms folded on her father's lap. Another is a woman prostrate on her knees bowing before a great king. Another is a teenage girl sitting on a park bench talking to the Savior, face-to-face as one would talk to a friend, reminiscent of a painting by Greg Olson. These are the images that I take with me as I approach prayer. Someone in the room listening as I pray, a comforting, present father, a great and mighty king, or a loving, concerned friend. How can we make our prayers more effective or powerful? I've mentioned before if it's a group prayer, inviting people to share what they want included in the prayer helps bring a feeling of unity, of purpose that will unite the faith of those present in the act of praying. I've also learned as we thank our Father in heaven, we can add the word because. This is a suggestion that comes from the One Minute Scripture Study podcast. For example, we thank thee for the atonement of Jesus Christ because it allows us to return to thy presence and receive of thy enabling power. Or, I thank thee for my job because it allows me to provide for the needs of my family and give to those in need. And when we are asking for blessings, adding the words, so that, after. For example, please bless us with the rest we need so that we will have the energy to do the things that Thou would have us do tomorrow. Or, please help me to find a job so that I can provide for the needs of my family. Or, please help thy spirit to be with us so that we can know the things we are being taught are true. Also, how we address our father is important. We can follow the example of the brother of Jared when he prayed and acknowledged God's greatness, glory, and power, and our need to rely upon him for help in Ether 3.2. I remember my first year of college hearing someone pray with the words, Our kind and powerful father in heaven, and then they continued their prayer. That description greatly impacted my roommates and I. We'd never heard someone begin a prayer like that. We can approach him with the name we are needing at the time. Are we needing his power? We could say our powerful father in heaven. Are we needing his love? We could say our loving father in heaven. Are we needing his counsel? We could say our father who counsels in wisdom and truth. I think that's a beautiful thing to approach him with a testament to his ability to provide what we need. Another tip I have heard is to seek the Spirit's direction as we seek to know what to include in our prayer. God knows exactly what we need. The Bible dictionary, again under prayer, says, quote, prayer is the act by which the will of the father and the will of the child are brought into correspondence with each other. The object of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God is already willing to grant, but that are made conditional on our asking for them, end quote. God knows what we need better than we do, but he honors our agency and waits for us to invite his help. Using the Spirit, we can know what we should ask for or how to align our will with his. The Bible Dictionary also says, quote, Christians are taught to pray in Christ's name, John 15, 16. We pray in Christ's name when our mind is the mind of Christ and our wishes the wishes of Christ, end quote. Nephi, who is Helaman's son in the Book of Mormon, got to the point where God knew he would only ask for those things that were in line with God's will. Donald W. Perry, in an excellent article entitled, Pray Always, Learning to Pray as Jesus Prayed, says, Without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. The Holy Ghost will actually provide whoever is praying with precise particulars of what to pray for. Such was the state of the Nephite multitude who, while praying, did not multiply many words for it was given unto them what they should pray and they were filled with desire in third Nephi 19 verse 24 end quote prayer is the best it is my constant source of affirmation that God knows me because of how many times he has answered my prayers of faith I am grateful for my mentors in prayer those who know it works and pray as though they know it works have you heard a prayer like this Those are the people you want praying for good weather for your youth camps or for your loved ones' health to be restored. Do you know those people? Have you asked them for prayers? Even that is an act of faith. Prayer can change our life, it can change our heart, it can draw us close to our Father in heaven. Elder Worthlin, a former member of the Quorum of the 12 Apostles, said, Prayer is the way we commune with the infinite. It is a time of gratitude, a time of introspection, a time of emotion sorrow joy enlightenment and peace the more time we spend in righteous prayer the more our beings will be filled with light and if your eye be single to my glory the lord has promised your whole body shall be filled with light and there shall be no darkness in you and that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things see doctrine and covenants eighty-eight, sixty-seven. the more our souls are filled with light the more we become like our father in heaven and the more we are capable of filling the fruits of the spirit this light grows within us often slowly. It banishes the darkness of this mortality. It sets to flight fear and doubt and all desire to do evil. It fills the soul with love, peace, and unspeakable joy. End quote. I just have to read that last bit one more time. Quote, it banishes the darkness of this mortality. It sets to flight fear and doubt and all desire to do evil. It fills the soul with love, peace, and unspeakable joy. End quote. Do you find joy in praying? Do you feel peace as a result of praying? Have you ever felt filled with love after a prayer? These things are possible. Prayer can eliminate fear and doubt. It can banish darkness. We pray by the power of God delegated to his son, Jesus Christ, when we pray in the name of Christ, aligning our words with his will. We command in the very name of our great King Emmanuel when we pray in faith. Here is my summary today, in 60 seconds or less. There is great power in prayer. God hears and answers our prayers. He loves to hear from us. We are His children. When we remember our relationship to Him, prayer can be natural and instinctive. When we seek the Spirit and the will of God as we pray, we exercise the power of God delegated to His Son, Jesus Christ, as we pray in His holy name. We can talk to Heavenly Father as we speak one to another. Prayer is a conversation. We must exercise faith, nothing wavering, see James 1, 6, as we pray. Or we can pray to have our faith made whole, so as to receive the blessings we seek. Prayer can change our lives. It has changed our lives. Prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane has changed the lives of all mankind. And prayer in the Sacred Grove has restored countless precious truths, also changing the course of history for each of us. Prayer works. It works for me, and I know it can work for you, too. This is my testimony in how I love knowing these truths. In our homes, let us pray, pray, pray is my prayer for us today. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and share to keep these episodes coming. The content shared is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be used for diagnosing or treating a mental health problem.